today we're in the book of Luke. We're in chapter 2. Again, my page is all wrinkled from a year ago, but here we are. Um, We're going to read verses 8 through 20 of Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the book of, the Luke, of Luke is the only gospel um, that mentions the shepherds. Uh, the book of Matthew mentions the wise men. The book of Luke mentions the shepherds. Um, indeed, without the book of Luke, we wouldn't even know there was a manger. Like, where would our nativity scenes be? Well, we would not have them without the book of Luke, okay? Um, you know, one of my most favorite things about studying scripture um, is that the journey never ends. If you're a person that studies scripture and you've studied it for decades, um, you probably know this as well, that you can open up something that you've read a zillion times and go, wait, what? I never saw that before. Um, That happened to me this week as I was studying. um, I read that the sheep that were used for sacrifice in the temple of Jerusalem Um, They were often pastured in the fields near Bethlehem. I'd never read that before. I'd never, ever heard that before, okay? Um, There's this supplemental source in Judaic life. It was put together around the first through third century. It's called the Mishnah, and um, we don't have it in here, but it was authoritative to the Jews, and in it, it talks about shepherds in the fields of Bethlehem caring for these sheep, that were to be sacrificed. Again, never heard that before. So what would that mean? Um, All throughout the year in Jewish life, and you can read this all throughout the Old Testament, um, you have lambs that were sacrificed in the temple as worship, as an offering. It's an offering to the Lord. Um, But these were not just any old sheep. You can read in the Old Testament, the law was very clear about what these sheep should be like. They should be blemish-free, without defect. So a shepherd uh, is not just your ordinary shepherd. This shepherd would have to take very intentional, good care of these specific sheep. Um, The goal was to get the sheep to the age of one, which was the requirement. 
um, for the sacrifice without any blemish. No scar, no scratch. Not the easiest thing. If you've been around a baby that is learning how to walk <laughs> for five minutes, you know it's very difficult to keep anything growing up um, without a scratch without a bruise, without uh, anything happening to them, especially if you're a lamb and you're running around a field all day with brambles and bushes and, you know, what have you, okay? Um, so, this is so crazy. I just learned this this week, okay? So this is what the shepherds would do. They had a very uh, intentional way to care for these sheep. A lamb was born. If it got through labor, blemish-free, Okay, uh, then they would swaddle it. They would wrap, the, you had these long cloths, and they would wrap these cloths around the lamb to protect its body. Um, and then they would put that lamb away from the other sheep so that it couldn't get injured and start walking around all over the place. So I'm not even lying to you. I'm not kidding you. So what the shepherds would do is they would most often take this lamb that was swaddled and they would put it in a feeding trough. I'm not kidding. I'm not like I'm not like saying this and being like this would sound so good for what I'm about to do. Like this was legit. This is like written down. Okay, like thousands of years ago. I never knew it. Okay, um, so that's what they would do to keep this sacrificial lamb um, separated and blemish-free, so that they could present this lamb in Jerusalem in the temple for sacrifice. Um, my brain exploded. This week when I learned that, it was just so awesome because then you read verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, the same cloths, and lying in a feeding trough, <laughs> lying in a manger. Like, do you see what that would mean to them? Right? Like, th like, they know. They would hear that differently than we hear that. So put aside the fact that this angel of the Lord, okay, just appeared to you in this bright light, okay? Um, on top of that, this angel tells you that the Savior of the world will um, assign to you that you will see him is that he will be prepared. He will look like those lambs that you prepare. As you shepherds, as you Jewish shepherds are waiting for this Messiah, you're waiting for this Messiah to come. Well, guess what? He's here. And I want you to be the first ones to see him. Like, does that angel know what to say to get them to understand or what? Like, this angel knows. Okay, so um, I want you to marinate on that a little bit, okay, while I change subjects. <laughs> okay, because I was really excited about that. That's not really where I'm going. Okay, so our Advent theme is no fear, right? Um, and before the angel started talking, um, it, the glory of the Lord, it says, shone around them, and they were terrified. <laughs> terrified. As you would be. As I would be as well. Okay. Um, and as often happens, uh, the first thing that the angel says is, do not be afraid. Okay. So here is the irony of this situation to me. Um, you see these shepherds whose profession 
is um, to be about the sheep, right? To take the sheep from one place to another place. Um, But the irony here for me is that we're about to see them be led, right? Like we're about to see the lowercase s shepherds be led by the capital S shepherd, if you will, okay? So they're actually not shepherds in this situation. They are the sheep in this event, right? Um, When I think about what evokes fear in my life, uh, maybe when you are thinking about what causes you anxiety, what causes you fear in your life, um, I would say a lot of times it is traced back to the fact that we feel like we are supposed to be in charge of our lives. Right? We, we are supposed to be leading ourselves. You know, we, we all in our minds go, I want to get here in life. I want to do this thing. How do, how do I get here? And what happens is we end up taking on the role of shepherd. I am my shepherd. Um, when scripture is very, very clear, God did not design it that way. God did not design us to be the shepherds of our lives. God designed us to be sheep. Um, And in fact, one of the names of God in the Hebrew scripture is Yahweh Ra, which means the Lord God. If you're here two weeks ago, the Lord God, Yahweh. Yahweh Ra means the Lord God, shepherd. Um, If you love Psalm 23, that's how that psalm starts. Yahweh Ra, the Lord God, is my shepherd, which would make us the sheep, right? Um, There's a really powerful verse to me in the book of Proverbs 16, 9, and it says, the mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord God directs his steps. Um, So I want us to consider today, I want you to consider, I want myself to consider, who is in charge of you? Who is in charge of your life? Now, I know that you're in charge of where you're going to eat lunch. I think God is going to reveal that. He might, I don't know, sometimes. But you can choose where you eat lunch, and you chose how much money you spent on Christmas. And, um, you know, ultimately, though, who is in charge of where your life is going and what your life is pointing to. Um, I also always used to wince, I still do, at that bumper sticker. I'm sorry if you had it. Um, but the bumper sticker that says, um, God, or Jesus, is my co-pilot. Um, you know, that's, that's not the relationship, actually. That's not the relationship that he designed. Um, the Lord Almighty and I relationship is not intended to be a co-shepherding, okay? We're like, not co-shepherds in this situation. We're not on equal ground here. Um, if the Lord God is the raw, if he is the shepherd, um, then I am very much the sheep. Um, so, I want us to talk about sheep for a second. Um, the characteristics of literal sheep. Uh, we can't take the analogy too far because we don't have hooves and bushy hair. Some, Bob Ross, but not most. Okay. Um, but there are some similarities between humans and between sheep. And I think that that's why throughout scripture, the Lord God 
and the prophets and Jesus himself used that analogy. So um, I'm going to share with you some facts about sheep. I do want you to know that they came from completely secular articles on sheep. Okay, I did that because <laughs> there are, <coughs> excuse me, there are some biblical commentaries um, that you can read, and they're like, we are like sheep because in they, they really reach. They really, they really reach. It's like you're a little too over-spiritual about that. And you're kind of bending the truth. Okay, so these characteristics of sheep are from a non-Christian worldview. Okay, this is just who sheep are. I researched. Okay. Um, and though we are completely different species, I really do want you to consider. I want you to consider the similarities. I want you to, I want you to think on it. Um, the Old Testament, like I said, and Jesus himself um, are very clear when they call us sheep. So, um, number one, sheep are social animals. They're very social. They need other sheep around. Um, in fact, when isolated uh, for a given amount of time, a sheep becomes stressed, anxious, very depressed. Um, now, sheep, actually, if a sheep is alone and you put a mirror in the room, they're not with it enough to understand that that's not them. So it's actually very comforting. Um, but uh, <laughs> they are very social animals. They need other sheep with them. Um, sheep by nature are followers. It's just in them to look for a voice to follow, to look for a leader, and they follow that shepherd. Sheep like routine. They do not like change. Change, change is not fun for sheep, okay? It's very hard. Um, it's very hard to train a sheep to do something differently than they have always done. Even when they change surfaces, like on the daily, it is difficult. Like they're walking and walking, um, maybe on dirt, and then it changes to asphalt, or it changes like to grass, like to a beautiful field. Um, it freaks them out. Freaks them out a little bit. Takes them a second to realize where they're going, okay? Um, they do not like change. Sheep move best when they are not afraid. So being calm is very big for a shepherd. Uh, they do not move well when they are afraid. In fact, when sheep are afraid, they panic. And when they panic, they paralyze. They're, they're not going to move forward. <laughs> they're afraid. Um, when there's chaos, they don't do well. Um, also, darkness freaks them out. Darkness freaks them out. Um, are you seeing any similarities here? Um, maybe, really, write them down. Maybe you need a reminder, like, I really am like a sheep. Okay, here's the next one. Um, they tend to be very focused on food. <laughs> they're, they're, if you want the sheep to move, you, you, offer, them, you offer them food. Okay, um, they have excellent hearing. They can remember a voice for years, for years and years. Um, their sight isn't bad. It's just different. It's very different from a human, from a shepherd that is leading them. Humans have binocular vision, um, which means that our eyes work together to see what's right in front of us, okay? Um, however, our peripheral vision, like I can see my hand, right? How many fingers do I have? Well, I know, but if I didn't know, would I know, right? <laughs> okay, so like our peripheral, we, just, we really have to like turn and 
focus, right? Um, sheep, however, uh, they don't have this. <laughs> they have greatness. They have great peripheral vision. Um, so they cannot see what is in front of their face. They can see something way far off, like, I want to get there. But they can't see how to go straight. They can't see how to get there. They just see it way out there, okay? However, they can see all this stuff that's happening right around them, okay? Um, so that's what their sight is like, um, uh, which leads us to how sheep handle danger. <laughs> uh, again, sheep can't see what's in front of them, and they can't see what's behind them. Um, and sheep are known specifically as a prey species. Um, because sheep basically have no defense against an enemy. Uh, pretty much the only defense they have is running. And um, like I said, when they get afraid, they paralyze. <laughs> um, but even if they don't and they fight through that, um, they, they can't see straight, so they can't run in a straight line. So they're just, ah! Okay, so that's their only defense. Now, interestingly enough, over the years, um, sheep have adapted. They've actually adapted to hide obvious signs of illness. So you have this huge flock of, of sheep, and a sheep that is hurt, it will hide that illness in case a wolf or something tries to attack. It won't, it won't see that sheep and go after it. So they've adapted over the years. They're good at hiding their ailments, okay? And lastly, if a sheep falls down, like it just it can't get up by itself. It just can't. It's like literally helpless. Totally, completely helpless. It's sad. Okay, so all that is to say, left to their own devices, sheep are on the struggle bus, and that is the end of the story. <laughs> it's, um, just kidding. It's not the end of the story, because sheep have been domesticated longer than anything, over five, before 5,000 B.C., Okay, sheep have been domesticated. I think people realize very quickly, like, if we don't get somebody to take care of them, they just die. That's just what happens. They die. And so um, they found shepherds very early on to care for these sheep. Okay, um, probably see some correlations <laughs> between us and sheep. Um, to me, it seems very obvious why the Lord God, why Jesus himself um, used this analogy all through scripture. Uh, we cannot do this life on our own. We don't see straight. We don't, we, just, we don't see straight. We can't see the path ahead. We might see where we want to go. We don't like really know how to get there, right? Our sight is limited in that way. Um, we get scared. We get timid. Um, we get anxious and stressed. Um, and like sheep, it keeps us from moving. Like it, it, we get paralyzed in fear. Um, and you know, some of us have that. Uh, some of us have the the fight or flight response. Some of us are like, I'm just running from that. I'm running. <laughs> I don't like the change, but I may go into a grassy field or asphalt. But I'm just running. Um, but we are definitely like that with sheep. We are social beings. Absolutely. If, if COVID has shown us anything, it's that people don't do well by themselves. The, the mental illness, the depression, the sadness, 
Um, we need people. A mirror does not work for us. We are not tricked by the mirror, <laughs> okay? Um, we need each other. And it is built into us to follow something. If you don't listen to God's voice, you're going to listen to somebody's. Like, it, we listen to voices and we follow them. It's just in us to do. Um, we talked two weeks ago about how the Lord God, how Yahweh is a rescuer, a deliverer. Well, as Yahweh Ra, that shepherd, um, he's also the God who guides. He's the God who, who leads us. And we saw it. We saw it with those Israelites. Um, the Lord God, he says, I am the Lord God who brought you up out of Egypt. He led them out. With, it, scripture says with a, with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He, he led them out of that place. And that is the God that we are called to follow. And we see it with Jesus. We see it with Jesus when that little baby in the manger grows up. In John chapter 10, we see Jesus say, um, I am the good shepherd. And when we see Jesus early on in the Gospels, and he's calling uh, his disciples, the first, one of the first things he says, he meets somebody and he says, come, follow me. Follow me. Let me lead you. Let me be your leader. I believe that the Lord God is a good shepherd. And a good shepherd, by definition, does three things. Okay? Again, secular articles I read. But this is what a good shepherd does. Okay? See if it compares to God, do you think? The Lord God, number one, a good shepherd leads his sheep where they need to go where they need to go, maybe not where they want to go, but the, he leads them where they need to go, and the Lord God will lead you. If you're listening, if you're listening to his voice, he will lead you. If you are, if you are seeking out what he is saying, it's very difficult. This world is full of noise, so you have to ask yourself, am I surrounding myself? Am I putting myself in situations where I can hear his voice, what his word says? Or am I putting myself in situations where it's just it's very noisy? There's just a lot of voices. And his voice is there, but it's just a lot of voices. Uh, maybe you need to go to a peaceful place. You need to go away to a place and, and listen. And listen, because he is a Lord God who leads, a good shepherd leads, and the Lord God knows how to lead us. Number two, a good shepherd cares for his sheep. He cares. In fact, a good shepherd not only cares for his entire flock, but also specifically cares for each individual sheep. A good shepherd, and this again, it's from secular research, okay? A good shepherd can identify. If he has a hundred sheep, a good shepherd can identify which sheep are hurting. He knows. He knows what they look like when they usually walk. He knows what they look like when they usually follow. A good shepherd, and remember, what, it, what are sheep, what have they ad adapted to become good at? Hiding their pain. 
but a good shepherd can see it. The Lord God loves this world, for God so loved the world, right, that he gave his only begotten son. But then we have the Lord God as well, who cares for each sheep. Psalm 34 says, the Lord God is close to the brokenhearted. He does not desire for anyone to be crushed in their spirit. He is that kind of God. A good shepherd cares. And the Lord God cares. And number three, a good shepherd trains. He trains his sheep. He trains them to learn, to learn what his voice sounds like. He trains them to handle themselves, to make change a little easier. He trains them. The Lord God equips us. He trains us. We have to be in that training. We have to be diligent to say, hey, God, transform me here. Change me here. Help me here. Okay? But he does that. He empowers us to do jobs, to do specific things. A good shepherd trains, and the Lord God, he trains us. We see the Lord God, we see Yahweh raw um, do all of these things in Luke chapter 2 with those shepherds that are actually sheep. We see him do all of those things. We see the Lord God lead them. They don't know where they're going, but he's like, go Bethlehem. You'll find, this is what it looks like. That's what it looks like. Go. He leads them. He leads them to that place. He doesn't give them every detail, but he leads them and says, this is what you look for. Okay? Uh, We see the Lord care for them. They are lowly shepherds. Who would have thought to tell them first? But the Lord God sees them. He saw them. And I think in ways that we will never know, we will never see, because those are actual shepherds, actual people that lived, that every day gave themselves to looking for this Messiah by preparing these little lambs, wrapping these lambs, keeping them blemish-free, taking them to the temple. And for whatever reason, God went, you know what? You need to know, like you specifically. You need to know that my son has come. He cares for them. He cared for them. And he, he trained them, although it did not take long. It took like two verses, basically, for them to get there and then tell everybody. They were, there was not, and Jesus says that too. When you follow Jesus, like a chapter later, he's like, okay, go. You're good. You're good. You're trained. Go. Go tell people. And that's what the Lord God did. He was like, okay, you saw it. <laughs> saw the baby, saw the manger, saw the strips of cloth. Go tell people what you saw. Again, not every detail, but go and tell. The Spirit does it. The Spirit does the rest of the work. Our job is to tell, right? We are equipped to tell. We are empowered. You may be on a path of life. You cannot see the way ahead. Like, you might know where you want to get to. Okay, that's fair. Um, but you don't, you don't know how to get there, you know. And, and I think a lot of times with us, we, we are like sheep because we just see what's happening right around us, right? And honestly, what happens is we start to play the comparison game. And we go, well, they're, they're doing well. They're walking that, and they're, hey, and I'm, and that's not, that's not healthy. Peripheral is not healthy, good vision. But the Lord God says, I, 
I can get you. I can get you there. Okay, I know you don't know how to go. <laughs> I know you're sheep. You're not fooling me. Okay, God knows that. Um, so perhaps you're there. And you, you're like, I don't have a clue. I don't, know how, I don't have a clue how to get to that place that I want to get to. Um, you might be in a place where you feel you're in a season where you're like, nobody gets it. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Like, I feel very alone. I'm like just a sheep in a crowd here. <laughs> Nobody sees me. It's just like invisible. Or you're, you're intentionally hiding it. You're hiding your pain. You're like, I can't. I can't go there. I'm just going to stuff it down. Stuff it down. Maybe, maybe that's where you're at. You're like, I just, nobody understands. Nobody sees me. Um, you might be in a place where you feel like you have no purpose. Like, I, I don't feel equipped. I don't feel trained to do anything. Like, I don't have direction. I don't have purpose. I don't have, like, a, like a vision for my life. Like, I don't have anything that really is like, I need to do this. I don't have that. The Lord God, as the shepherd, I'm telling you, he meets all of those things. All of those things are met, are fulfilled in who he is. He knows how to lead you. He sees you in that crowd. He knows your pain. You're not hiding that from him. Okay? We always try to hide it from Genesis 3. You can't hide it. Okay? He knows you. He knows where you are. He wants to restore you in that. He's ready to give you a purpose. And it may be radically different. But he's just, he's so ready. I know we're not good with change, but he's, he's just so ready to empower you. The shepherds were so fired up. They were so fired up. With an almighty shepherd, when we see that, when we go, Lord God, ooh, I don't feel that all the time that you're the shepherd. I'm like, hey, co-shepherd, hey. Um, but if you are, are trying to cling to that, I promise you that almighty shepherd, he will calm your fear. Not all of it. We're not perfect. He will calm. He will give you a peace. He will give you a peace that you have not had perhaps in a very long time. That is who he is. We shall not be afraid. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 139. It's all about, um, Lord God, you know me. You search me. You search my heart. And there's this, this part of Psalm 139, and it says, You go before me. You go behind me. And you lay your hand of blessing on my head, which means you're right. You're right here. You're up there, seeing what I can't see. You're behind me, knowing what's coming. Like, and you're right here. That's who you are. As we close, I want to read Psalm 23. Just sit in it. Just sit in it a little bit. What stands out to you? What do you need today? We all need a bit of who he is as a shepherd a little differently today. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, 
they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. We like to eat, right? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you will, please pray with me. Lord God, you have, you have so many names. Like we, we couldn't study them all. If we'd started today, we couldn't study all of them. Um, may we cling to this one. The Lord God, you Lord God, you are our shepherd. We sometimes take that from you, and we take that, that role, and we go, no, 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 I'm good, I got it, I got this. Um, and even when we do that, you're there going, you don't, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for you to turn to me. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for being a patient God with us. You see each one of us for who we are and what we're going through and what we hide or what we put out there or um, ways that we are sad or afraid or paralyzed. You, you see all of those things. You see this big crowd. You see us individually. We don't always feel that. We sometimes want to be able to just put a mirror in the room and go, oh, look, I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this. But Lord God, your word says you are never alone. We are never alone. You never leave us and you never forsake us. Our shepherd does not go anywhere. He is with us. Lord God, um, I ask that you would meet each of us where we need to be met today. You are the God that has never changed. And we, wanna, we want to feel like we're getting through this life in a way that glorifies you, in a way that brings peace, in a way that makes this world better because of who you are through us. Lord God, we love you. May these words, may the words of you, may your voice be all that we hear today. May it resonate in us as we go about our day and tomorrow and the next day and as we worship that King of Kings and Lord of Lords and Prince of Peace this week. And it is in your glorious Son, Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, that we pray. Amen.